0: Well, you came on the right Sunday uh, because uh, it so happens that uh, I brought some soup here today. Um, It's called uh, lentil soup. Anybody familiar with lentils? Lentil soup. Okay. And uh, did a little study uh, that's in the bean family. So basically, uh, this is a bowl of bean soup uh, for all practical purposes. Just a special type of beans. Okay, We're going to have a little deal or no deal time today. So I, I, need, I need to ask a question. Um, anybody, anybody here got a boat? I'd like to know if you, if you are a boat owner. Could, could you raise your hand? You don't, you don't need to be ashamed. Hold it high and proud, boat, boat, yeah, okay. Now, how many of you have a boat? I mean, we're talking, we're not talking a dinghy, we're not talking a canoe or a kayak. We're talking a boat. And, and let's start, say, at 20 feet or larger. And 10 years old or newer, how many of you still own a boat? Can I, can I see? Okay, um, who are we going to pick on? I, I think Handsome King Bob. You're the man. You're the man. Okay. Okay. Got the nice boat here. And, and here is the deal or the no deal challenge. Um, I just want you to know this is microwave ready. I mean, this is ready to roll. Uh, and I just bought the bowl fresh, ready to go. And it even has a lid, and I'll even throw in the spoon. Not a bad deal, huh? So, so here's my question deal or no deal. Uh, I, I've got a bowl of bean soup lentil soup for your boat <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm wondering is, is, is if, is if you're, you're, you're interested in a bowl of bean soup with the spoon and, and the fancy lid and you, it's all there I'm going to throw it all in uh, for your boat and, and now we got deal or no deal and the answer would be no deal you're a wise man. <laughs> you're a wise man. Be- because who, who on earth would trade a really nice boat for a bowl of bean soup? Who, who on earth would do that? Uh, and, and the only answer is uh, that would be a really bad deal. If you took something of that kind of value and now you're going to go with some progressive soup, bad deal, bad deal. And yet, believe it or not, we're going to look today in Genesis 25 and somebody actually took that sort of a deal, okay? So if you uh, are able, would you stand with me? We're going to read about a really bad deal and uh, they should have said, no deal, that's a bad deal, turn to your neighbor, tell them that, no deal, that's a bad deal, Because sometimes the things that come our way, we should just say, no, no, that's a bad deal. I'm not going there. And that's what should have happened here. Let's read about it, Genesis 25. Read with me. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking that uh, you might uh, take your word that we just read and... uh, might make it come alive today in your church. Lord, this is a a story that many of us have been hearing about since we were young children. So Lord, I'm asking that you might take something that uh, we've known about for a long time and make it fresh and relevant, and Lord, may your spirit take your word and may it teach and correct and train and Lord, even rebuke as needed here today. Lord, uh, I suspect that there are some folks here in your church right now and they're making some really bad trades. They're making some really bad deals with their lives. Lord, would you show them what some of those bad deals are all about? And Lord, I pray that you might make them hungry for the best things that only you can offer them. We're asking right now that uh, as we worship you in the study of your book, we're asking, Lord, that uh, you might speak very clearly to our hearts and our minds and our wills. I just want you to know, Lord, you speak. We're listening. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one voice, you may be seated. Let's begin by looking at Genesis 13 and verse 2. you have your Bibles? If you don't, maybe somebody sitting next to you lets let you look on. Genesis 13 and verse 2. Uh, this is about Abraham. Back then they called him still Abram. And this was Jacob, uh, studying the life and times of Jacob Israel. Uh, this was Jacob's grandfather. Uh, it says... Uh, about Jacob's grandfather, Abram, Abraham had become very wealthy. Can I just tell you, when God's Word says something, it's not an exaggeration, it's just the way it is. Abraham was very wealthy in livestock, and in silver, and in gold. We know that Abraham had a child with uh, Hagar and that child's name was anyone? Ishmael. In Genesis 16 Hagar and her son Ishmael are sent away. You're not part of the promise. You're not a part of the inheritance. You don't get any of the birthright. They sent them away. Which means that all of Abraham's riches went to his only son whose name is Isaac, Isaac, and that just happened to be Jacob's father. Grandpa, really wealthy, only son, Isaac, that was Jacob's father, and now he has all of his father's riches, which means when we get to Genesis 25, all of Isaac's really extensive wealth, millions upon millions, are going to go to two sons, and their names are Jacob and Esau. Okay, at this point, uh, Esau is the older brother, which means, back in biblical times, the older brother got a double portion of the inheritance. That's not fair. Take it up with the Lord, that's the way it was back then, okay? Uh, but double portion goes to the oldest son which meant that Esau was getting his share plus the double portion, and then the final portion went to Jacob, the younger brother, by minutes. Tracking with me? So Esau, as the older brother, was entitled to receive two-thirds of all of the livestock. Two-thirds of all of the silver. Two-thirds of all of the gold. And you just need to understand each of those thirds of Isaac's estate was going to be worth millions and millions of dollars in today's currency. Wealthy. I mean, we're talking Warren Buffett wealthy. We're talking Bill Gates wealthy. We're talking really, really Walton children wealthy. Okay? Now go to the text with me. Chapter twenty-five, verse twenty-nine. One day, when Jacob, the younger brother, who was only going to inherit, how much was he going to inherit? Just a third of Isaac dad's wealth. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, uh, what kind of stew was he cooking? Uh, lentil stew, lentil bean soup, if you will. Okay, so he's got it going. He's cooking some stew. And the older brother, Esau, comes home. Okay, Comes into the kitchen. He's been out, it says, verse 29, in the open country. Meaning he's been out hunting. He's been out in the woods. And it says that Esau is famished. Esau is starving. Apparently, he forgot to pack his Lunchables. Uh, Apparently there wasn't a subway nearby to buzz in and grab lunch. Uh, So therefore, he comes home. Sounds like he hasn't eaten since breakfast. It's now dinner time, and he is hungry. How many of you, when you get hungry, I mean really hungry, get kind of grumpy? Can I see your hands? Or you're allowed to point at somebody if they're Near you, okay? Yeah, yeah. You get a little irritable if if you, yeah, you're just, yeah. Give them a Snickers right now if they're getting that way. Uh, Esau was so hungry, he thought he was going to die. I just want you to know, almost universally, the commentators say he really wasn't going to die, but he was that hungry, and the only thing that he could think about was what I got to have some bean soup. <laughs> I got to have. Some of that stew that my brother is cooking, it smells amazing. Verse 30, let's keep going. Uh, Esau said, please, little brother, bring some stew to me. I'm really hungry. I'm famished. It smells great. Verse 31, Jacob, younger brother, he realizes, you know what, I'm in a really good negotiating position right now. I, I, I really have some leverage in this situation, I, I've got my older brother, and I got him. I, I got him good, and therefore, he is going to play some hardball with his bean soup. Okay? Doesn't that sound strange? Play hardball with your bean soup. But, but he's going to do that. Verse 32, uh, hey, little brother, I'm dying over here. Quit playing games. Bring me something to eat. Here, here's what Jacob says. Hold up your hand, cross your heart, hope to die, stick a needle in your eye. Uh, so Esau says, I'll do whatever, whatever words I say it, okay, I'm, I swear by God and, and the temple and, and everything, I swear an oath, and he sells his birthright to Jacob for what? A bowl of beans. <laughs> a bowl of beans for his birthright. Let's pause for just a moment. Um, Several of the commentators mentioned uh, who was the big hairy woodsman brother? Esau, okay. And he was the one who was really hungry. And who was the stay-at-home mama's boy that was? um, Isn't it interesting that Esau just didn't get up and shove his little brother to the side and say, if you're going to behave that way, I'm just going to take the bean soup by force. If you won't cooperate. But I think he was so focused on eating, so focused on having his brother serve him, take care of my appetite, he values the bean soup more than his birthright. He cares more about what's about to go in his belly than his inheritance. Verse 34. Then, after he had traded his birthright worth Millions of dollars. That third, uh, and all of the promises and all of the inheritance that that meant, uh, he finally gives Esau some bread and some lentil stew, and he ate it and he drank it. And uh, I'm going to add my own thoughts. I think he probably burped loudly. He's just eaten some musical fruit. He probably breaks some wind and heads out the door. Okay, That's just me. Big bowl of soup. Big man. It's great. Thanks. Over and out. He gone. He gone. I'm sure he's thinking I'll never hear anything about it again. Verse 34. Last line is really kind of sad. So Esau despised His birthright. That's how much he thought of his inheritance. That if I'm hungry and I need a quick lunch, or I'm really hungry at night, see some stew, I'm willing to sell this very valuable inheritance for a bowl of beans. In a moment of foolishness, in a moment of impatience, in a moment of weakness and hunger, Esau traded. The best thing he possessed, listen, the very best thing he had in his life was his birthright, his inheritance, for a bowl of beans. Esau should have said, Jacob, no deal. No deal. Sorry, bad deal. No deal. Not going along with it. So, how does this bad deal applied to us today, 2016. Um, how does trading millions of dollars uh, for a bowl of beans relate to you and to me? Okay? Think with me. Um, I, I would argue, listen close, that the bowl um, represents our lives. Track with me. And the Lord has given us appetite. The Lord has given us hungers and needs and desires. Listen closely. It's not wrong to have appetites and needs and desires. What gets wrong or whether it's right depends on what we put in the bowl. Make sense? What, what, what really matters is what do you do with your bowl? What do you do with your life? Uh, do you fill it with your inheritance Do you fill it with the good things from your birthright, or are you filling it with beans and garbage of this world? Now, some of you uh, might uh, be thinking right now, um, Pastor Jeff, I'm going to stop you just for a moment. Um, My parents are, like, really deep in debt. My, My parents, like, owe everybody. And I'm pretty sure when my parents die... Not only won't I get anything, I'll probably be owing a lot of people and paying off their debt. So I don't really think this passage applies to me because I just want you to know there's going to be no inheritance coming my way. I'll be fortunate if I get a pack of gum and and some matches from from mom and dad because truly they've got nothing. So if you're taking notes right now, here's the time. You got it there on your bulletin. There's a place for you to take some notes. Uh, If you're a child of Jesus Christ here today, you are related to royalty. And you need to write that down. You probably need to say it to yourself regularly. I'm related to royalty. Matter of fact, it might be good for you to say it right now. Turn to your person next to you and say, Hey, I'm related to royalty. Go ahead and tell them. Okay. Now tell them I'm back. Yeah, well, I'm related to royalty too. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a daughter or a son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's who you are today. So I just want you to know uh, you are related to royalty in and through Jesus Christ, you're related to royalty. And I just want to give you a few verses. Listen close. 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Jesus Christ, through His mercy, has given us new birth and has given us an inheritance. You're getting an inheritance through Jesus that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me. That's pretty good. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. When you believed in Christ, you were marked in Jesus with a seal. Not a uh, uh, seal. uh, uh, A king's seal. Okay, You were marked with the king's seal. Dip it in wax. King's signet ring. Put on that. You belong to the king. That kind of seal. You were marked with a seal. and, And then it says... The Holy Spirit, uh, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until redemption. So what is it that guarantees that I have an inheritance coming and I belong to the King of Kings? Are you ready? It's the Holy Spirit that takes up residence in our lives, the moment of salvation. Tracking? So if you got the Holy Spirit, and Jesus has taken up residence in you through His Spirit, you've got an amazing inheritance. You've got a birthright that makes you really rich. Colossians 3, 23-24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you're going to receive inheritance from the Lord. It's the Lord you're serving. You're serving today the King of Kings, The Lord of lords, why wouldn't you want to fill up your bowl with all that you are, your inheritance in Christ? That's what he's saying. It's the Lord you're working for. It's the Lord Jesus. So if you know and love and follow Jesus as your king, give me your eyes, you have a birthright. You have an inheritance. You're a son, you're a daughter of Jesus Christ, the king of the cosmos. I'm just here to tell you it's kind of it's kind of goofy but the truth is this and yet we're followers of Jesus we've got this amazing inheritance this awesome birthright and we keep filling up our lives with really silly stuff uh, I think I need some beans in my bowl and and I think I need some temporary stuff from this world And I think I'm going to fill my life up with some garbage in this world. And I'm going to live like a pauper. And I'm just here to tell you that's not who you are. Our job is to align our lives up with our inheritance. Our job is to align our lives up with who we are in Jesus Christ. But sadly, this is sad, a lot of us we're, we're trading the holiness and the purity that we've been given in Jesus Christ. Give me your eyes. And we've traded it for lust and sexual immorality of all different varieties. Very sexual world we live in right now. And I'm just telling you, uh, waiting till marriage is rare these days. Waiting till marriage is rare even in the church. And we're just trading all that we've inherited, the purity, the holiness of Christ, and we're filling our life up with what the world says we should fill it with. And men, uh, some of us, some, some uh, we're, we're filling our lives up with the, the sexuality of this world. Instead of enjoying the intimacy Jesus has blessed you with with your bride, We've got bean pornography and we're just stuffing our lives. And it's like, what are you doing? That's not who you are. That's not who you were created to be. That's not your position as a follower of Christ. Some of us, we're trading our faith and our trust in Christ who has never failed us. How often has Jesus ever failed you? You can answer. Hold it up. How often? Never. He's never failed you. He's never failed me, and yet He's never failed me, not even once, but instead of trusting and following in faith, I'm filling my life up with worry and fret and stew, and oh no, what if this happens? Or or what if somebody blows something up over there? Or what if I get a really bad word from the doctor? Or what if somebody's driving not so good? You understand, we have the King of Kings... And the Lord of Lords, who's never failed me, not even once, and yet I want to fill my life up with fear and worry and fretting, and in my weakness, I forget who's on the throne right now. Oh, by the way, who is on the throne of the cosmos right now? Who is that? Jesus Christ. Oh, and he's working Romans 8, all things together for our... So why? why wouldn't I want to align my life up with that? instead of filling my life up with worry and fear and fretting and, oh, no, what might come next? Or some of us, um, we take the peace and the calmness and the joy that we have in Jesus. Track with me here for a minute. And we say, "Um, yeah, that's good, but I also want life in the fast lane. I I also want to um, just run and fill my my schedule up And I want to be so hectic and overscheduled with my life that it looks like the rest of the world because everybody else is running in the fast lane and they're doing this and that and the other. And and oh, by the way, the last several days, I didn't spend any time with Jesus because I slept in when I should have been uh, spent. Because you know what? My my life's really, really busy. You don't understand it. And it's overscheduled and it's hectic. So, so that peace and that joy that I really have to enjoy, riches in Christ, I just have the beans of being maxed out. And now I'm uh, busy and I'm active and I'm running to and fro and I got very little Jesus going on in my life, which leads. Give me, give me your eyes. Some of us, uh, I got patience and kindness for other people. Great gifts from the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Patience. That persevering. That being kind to people. uh, Even when they don't deserve it. Instead, I'm taking the patience and the kindness and trading that for the beans of being irritable and frustrated at anybody who gets in our way. That's the one I got to watch out for. So, I'm busy. I got to go do this and I got to go do that. And now I should be. Loving like Jesus in front of this person and instead they're getting the beans of irritability and grumpiness and impatience. You you tracking with me? They should be seeing my life filled with Jesus and instead I'm just saying, why are you in my way? And I'm agitated and I'm irritated at you. Hurry. And they're saying, you know, that, that soup, that doesn't look so good. I don't think I want anything to do with that kind of bowl. And I won't even talk about uh, some of us have so filled up our lives with the beans of debt. Give me your eyes. We have no way to be generous to Jesus and his kingdom. You know why? Because I'm up to my eyeballs in, in the beans of debt and loans and all sorts of credit cards. And there's no way I could be generous if I wanted to be. Or with our mouths. Uh, <laughs> Are, we've been given the gift of communication. Think about it. That's a gift. And now the beans of gossip and shading the truth, it's bad. You've already said, Bob, you uh, you said it well, to trade an expensive boat for a bowl of beans. What was that again? That was a bad deal. <laughs> to trade a really expensive boat For a bowl of beans, bad deal. Lots of us are trading who we are in Christ. And I just want you to know, if you're a follower of Jesus here, you are billionaires in Jesus Christ. Give me your eyes. Your position, your identity, who you are in and through Jesus Christ, you are filthy rich in Jesus Christ. Your inheritance, your birthright, is awesome. You're a citizen of heaven. You're loved eternally, unconditionally, sacrificially. You're forgiven. How far are we forgiven? From the east to the that's like it. It's always forgiven. You're a new creation. It says the old is gone. Second Corinthians five. What's come? The new. The new stuff with Jesus. Uh, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're saved, sealed, redeemed, anointed. Oh, by the way, you're going to get to be with Jesus face to face for how long? How long? For all of eternity. For all of eternity. Every day we make the choice. Okay? Am I going to fill my bowl up with Jesus and His Holy Spirit and His Word? And I'm going to focus on aligning my life up with Jesus and who I am in Christ In my inheritance, in my birthright, or I have the option. Am I going to daily just rush out the door and look, look out world? Because I'm just going to trade the very first thing I see that smells good, the first bowl of beans that looks smells good to me. That's what I'm putting in my life. I want to close. by showing you one more uh, thought, um, I ran out and uh, got another uh, can this morning. Uh, this is a gravy train, chunks in gravy. Yeah, beef chunks. Um, it's uh, for dogs and puppies, a well balanced nutrition for your puppies. Chris, there you go. Now, I know this is a little sick, and I know that I'm not doing very well with this can, but I, I just do want to show you um, what some of us are putting in our bowls. Do the Jeopardy song with me, maybe it'll come out. Do, 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 <laughs> okay. It actually smells pretty good. <laughs> And and, and that's the problem with a lot of the things that we're attracted to. It it look if it didn't look good, if it looked awful to you, you wouldn't be tempted. You wouldn't be tempted to fill your bowl up with it. I just got to tell you something. You ready? Brothers and sisters in Christ, you are not dogs. You are not a dog. Quit eating the dog food. Quit eating the bean soup. Quit eating of the garbage. You're a daughter. You're a son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isn't it time we start filling our bowls, our lives, with our inheritance? Because I'm telling you, we are so... Filthy, rich, in Jesus Christ. Let's line our lives up with who we really are. Of Bow your heads, shut your eyes as we close. And Lord, we confess that uh, we're prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. We're prone to uh, running after. All sorts of silly stuff. We think we're missing out. We think we got to have it. So, Lord, would you, uh, as we just pause now for a moment and think on how rich and blessed our inheritance really is, would you make clear those things that we've been trading for our riches? Some of us have been filling our lives up with some pretty foolish and sad and temporary things. And they really don't line up with our position, with our identity in your Son, Jesus. Make it clear. Pause. Invite you to speak clearly, even more. You been making regular runs with your bowl to foolish and sad and temporary places. I suspect some some of us here it's even become a regular pattern. We run straight to some sinful and harmful places. And Lord, uh, right now I believe You're pointing out some of those areas to us things we're filling our bowls up with, things we're filling our lives up with that aren't part of our inheritance. They're not part of our birthright. Matter of fact, they go the exact opposite direction. Anybody say, Lord, you're talking to me right now? You're speaking to me. just want you to know I'm hearing from you. And see my hand. Anybody lift up your hand and say, that's me. You're talking to me, Lord. Yeah. Others? Anyone else? Anybody in the balcony? Lord, you're talking to me. I'm hearing from you right now. I just want you to know, I, I'm, I'm receiving and I realize uh, that needs attention. <coughs> Good chance some of you here today, you really don't know Jesus personally. Which means you don't have an inheritance. You don't have a birthright in Christ. Here's what you need to know. That's you. We've all sinned and traded the best we've got for beans. Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven to come walk on earth. He showed us what love looks like. He took our place on the cross. He shed his blood to wash and cleanse and deal with our greatest problem in life. And, and our greatest problem in life is we're sinners took our place in the grave early Sunday morning he arose from the dead. Defeated sin and Satan and death. He did that for you. He did that for me. If you'll believe those facts, you'll receive Jesus by faith right now. Right where you're seated, he'll write your name on the inheritance. Right now. Your name goes on the will today. And you'll receive his awesome inheritance as his child. And And it begins by faith. You can't earn it. It's by faith. Anybody say today, Jesus, I want that birthright. I want to know you, Lord, and I want to know all the best stuff that he has available for me. I want it in my life. Anybody say, that's me. That's me. I want that in my life today. And right where you're seated, that can begin. Anybody? Lord, thank you for even the stories that we learned as children and the lessons they teach us. I pray for those uh, who have been filling their bowl, their life, with things that uh, don't belong, that don't line up with who we are, with our position, with our identity, with our inheritance. Lord, give us the courage, the boldness to take strong drastic action. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Lord, if there are those who don't have a birthright, they don't have an inheritance because they don't belong to you yet, Lord, would you draw them to yourself? Open their hearts and their minds. May they not rest until they say, yes, I believe, I receive to your son Jesus. We pray all these things in Jesus' awesome